Okay, so I was uh, preparing for the Sunday evening message, and I was thinking, first service of the year, Genesis 19 and the angels going into Sodom. Please, Lord, is there, uh, how, how can I do another, um, can I do another message on the first uh Day, the first Sunday evening service of the year. Now, this morning was a, a, a glorious way to begin. Uh, Gen- I mean, Ephesians chapter 2, particularly um, climaxing in verse 10, where it says that we are saved by grace for good works to walk in God's workmanship, His, the poem that He's written out for us, for us to walk in. Man, it's a lot harder to get through this one today, but hey, it's where the Lord has us. Um, I was thinking, oh man, Sodom being destroyed in Gomorrah, uh, is something going to happen in 2016? Maybe, I don't know, but I know this, we have Jesus, we have security in Christ, and we're told repeatedly, do not fear. Now, ironically, chapter 20 is all about fear. Uh, We will hopefully get to... Uh, through uh, chapter 20 this evening. But with that said, let us begin. If remember, in chapter 18, there was a famous intercession. Intercession is man standing in the gap for men before the Lord. And Abraham met the Lord himself as well as two angels on their way to Sodom. And Abraham was told by the Lord that the outcry in Sodom because of the sin of the city. That's what sin does, by the way. It leads to an outcry. It was so great that God was going to destroy Sodom. And... Abraham, after hearing this, said, well, Lord, what if there's 50 people in Sodom who are righteous? Would you destroy it? And the Lord said no, and then made his way all the way down to 10 people. If there's 10 people there, would you destroy it? You know, no, I wouldn't. I would not destroy the city, a city for the sake of 10 people. And... Um, it's a wonderful picture of, of intercession. It's a wonderful picture of a man who had a, a, a relationship with the Lord that the Lord intends for every single one of us in this room. Just a dialogue between man and God, between woman and God. And a wonderful picture there. The setting for chapter 19, Sodom. You have Lot. If you remember, there was a dispute between Abraham's men and Lot's men in a previous chapter where there wasn't enough room for both of them. And the Bible says that uh, Abraham turned to Lot and said, look, just look out at the land, choose what you want, and what you don't choose, I'll take. And Lot looked towards Sodom. And he, he chose the plains 
in front of Sodom. He cast his eye towards Sodom. And he set up his tent outside Sodom. Well, lo and behold, we get to chapter 19, and he's no longer outside of Sodom. He's in Sodom. That is a sermon in and of itself. If you mess around with sin, if you think you're better, if you think that a different set of rules applies to you than everyone else, and that you can get nearer to a place of temptation, don't be deceived. And so he is now in Sodom. And that's where we begin. It says in verse 1, Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face to the ground. Now, right there, Lot's in the gate, which means he's a prominent person in Sodom, which means he's made a lot of money in Sodom. And... Oh man, have I heard over the years a justification because how much money that someone made. Well, God, God has given me all this money. Surely I'm in the right place. Otherwise, he wouldn't be prospering me like he has. I tell you, I'm, I'm at the point where I hear stuff like that and I, I begin to fear for the people. Just because God is financially prospering you in some place doesn't mean you're supposed to be there. He's in the gate. And um, just a little explanation to that. In ancient cities, there was a gate um, because the cities were walled. They were fortified. They were walled cities. And the prominent men of the city sat in the gate and they would act as justices in the city. Uh, At the time, there was not this horrible system that we have of thousands of attorneys and and judges and an unbelievable amount of money being poured into the court system. They had honorable men uh, or men who had prospered in the city sit in the gate and they would act as uh, judges wrongly. Meaning he insisted, no, you, you can't stay out here. You have to come into the house with me. So in Second Peter it says, Peter says of Lot that he was a righteous man and he was vexed in the King James by the filthy conversation in the city, meaning the conduct in the city that was really wrong. It vexed him. And a lot of people have issues with Peter. How could Peter say such a thing about Lot when he had actually gotten to the point where he's living in Sodom? Well, Lot here... Ref- reflects part of this. This he was he was a righteous man, and it, it, you know in some ways he had made some very poor choices, but he you still see that root of righteousness. No, you guys cannot stay in the square. Come into the city. Throughout the Bible, hospitality, by the way, is seen as something that every man and woman of God needs to make a part of their life. It's not made an option. In America, we make it an option because, oh, our house is our little kingdom. Um, But that's just America, and one of America's unique cultural sins. He he invites them in to protect them. It says in verse 3, they turned to him, entered into his house. Then he made them a feast. It's interesting how angels 
have the capacity to eat. Anyone else interested in that? That's interesting to me. God not love them? That's crazy. He loves them just as much as any one with any other natural inclination that is, is rooted in sin. He loves us. And in fact, um, it's interesting in, in, you know, in Genesis chapter 19 where he strikes them with blindness, that's an act of mercy. It's like one more cha- chance. Turn back from your behavior. That's a merciful act. They didn't go for it. They proceeded forward in spite of it. So a very, very, um, a very difficult verse in subject. Um, sometimes people go to um, Ezekiel chapter um, 49, uh, chapter 16 rather, verses 49 and 50, which has a, a commentary on Sodom. It's saying, it says this in Ezekiel, look, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. She and her daughter had pride, fullness of food, and abundance of idleness. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. So it's very interesting to me um, in Sodom that... Uh, that it, anyway, let me just back up. They say that, um, they quote Ezekiel 16, verse 49 it seems like a crazy argument, but you do hear this argument um, to mean that homosexuality is really not the reason that God destroyed Sodom. It was, it was, um, it was what's listed here in verse forty-nine of Ezekiel uh, chapter sixteen, which is she had pride, she had fullness of food, she had an abundance of idleness, and. The problem is, the next verse says, and they were haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw fit. Now, it's true that it was for a lot of different reasons that the Lord destroyed that city. The iniquity of the city cried out. It was multifaceted. But to, you know, to say that homosexuality was not any part of all of, for the judgment, I, I personally, personally disagree with that interpretation. Again, because of verse 50, and again from a plain reading of Genesis chapter 19. Okay, so, fun, 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 first Sunday night of the year as we go through it, 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 and then it says here, um, it continues on. So they warn him, the angels warn him in verse uh, 13. It says, we will destroy this place because the outcry against them has grown great before the face of, uh, of the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Um, verse 14 says, So Lot went out and spoke to his son, sons-in-law who had married his daughters and said, Get up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But to his son-in-laws, he seemed to be joking. In other words, they just sort of laughed at him. Now, there's a whole other sermon embedded in here you may be able to move into Sodom. 
and survive with your walk, with your walk relatively intact. But that doesn't mean your children will be able to. And we see this constantly. That parents who have a foundation in the Word of God, they make a decision about this or that. Sometimes it's it's you know where they live, but more often than that, it's it's a particular kind of of thing. Well, you know, it's okay to watch R-rated movies with our kids. Um, by the way, I don't watch any movie that I wouldn't also let my four-year-old kid. I don't have a four-year-old kid anymore, but it's always been the rule of our house that I'm not going to watch any movie unless my kid, regardless of what their age is, unless I'm going to let them watch it um, as well. But I hear this, you know, um, you know, this will be okay. Well, you may be able to get by watching those movies, but that doesn't mean your kids who don't have the foundation that you have will be able to. Lot, obviously, been hanging out with Abraham who to this very day is as renowned as as anyone in the Bible other than Jesus Christ himself as 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 a righteous man. He's the father of faith. He had a root of righteousness. But as we'll see, not only for as long, he suffers waiting for you to grow up in Christ. His patience for us. Verse 19, indeed, your servant has found favor in her sight, and you have... Um, increase your mercy which you have shown me by saving my life but I cannot escape the mountains lest some evil overtake me and die see now this city is near enough to flee and it is a little one please let me escape there is it not a little one and my soul shall live and he said to him see I have favored you concerning this thing also in that I will not overthrow the city for which you have spoken hurry escape there for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore, the name of the city was Zoar. Amazing. The relationship. You know, we talked about Abraham had a real relationship. I hate to say it because it sounds trivial, and I, I, people are using these terms today, but sometimes it's appropriate. He had a cool relationship with God. It's a cool relationship. Just like Abraham saying, hey, how about if there's 40 people left in, in Sodom? How about if there's 30? How about if there's 20? And here Lot is, he's able to speak here, you know, with the Lord and his angels. And the Lord says, okay, go into Zoar. My suggestion to you is go to the first place, God says, and don't make alternative suggestions, but God's merciful. He is rich. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, in mercy. He says, you better hurry up and go because I can't do my judgment until you get there. Isn't that crazy? It's a, I can't start my judgment thing until you get there, so you better hurry up. The sun had risen upon the earth when Lot had entered Zoar. Verse 24, then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from, from the Lord out of the heavens. Sodom and Gomorrah, like, they were like rabid dogs. There is a time for judgment. There is a time when um, 
you know, we see it in the Bible, it rarely happens where God has to literally wipe out a city or something because like a rabid dog, you have to eliminate it to protect everyone else. And it had gotten that bad. The Lord didn't want this, this sin, the spirit of Sodom and Gomorrah to spread. So he overthrew those sins out. At this point, this woman who looked back, she had seen the power of God through this supernatural um, miracle of blinding these people. She had seen these, uh, she had seen Sodom and Gomorrah destroyed after being told in advance that that was going to happen. She knew about God intellectually, but her heart had been won over by Sodom. Now, if that doesn't scare each of you here, it should. The Bible says, guard your heart. Above all things, Proverbs says, guard your heart, for from it flow the issues of life. Your heart will win out over your intellect. Be careful of what you subject your heart to. It says that she looked back and she was turned into a pillar of salt. She was judged. Verse 27, and Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. And then he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and and toward all the land of the plain. And he saw, and behold, the smoke of the land which went up like the smoke of a furnace. The smoke of the land went up like the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass when God destroyed the cities of the plain that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had dwelt. Then Lot went up out of Zor and dwelt in the mountains. Go figure. The angels had told him to go to the mountains. It's amazing how God finally gets his way where we figure out, oh yeah, you know, maybe God is right. Maybe God, you know, really knows what he's talking about. And so he goes up there and then... This is just an amazing... Actually, this chapter is just so rich. It's indescribably rich. Um, the, the, the message from the Lord it had for us. And it says at the end, he says, and he and his two daughters, verse 30, dwelt in a cave. Now, think back. At one point, he was so wealthy. He had so much stuff that he and Abraham had to separate. And it says he cast his eye, the Bible says, on the plains of Sodom. And that, meaning that his heart started getting drawn to this area. And then he became even richer. He moved into Sodom, became wealthy enough that he's dwelling in the gates of Sodom. And now he's living in a cave. He lost everything. He just lost everything. He lost his wife. He's lost all his possessions. He's living in a cave. And, you know, it's, it's worthy to repeat, and it may sound a little corny to those of you who have been walking with the Lord for a while, but, man, <laughs> when the devil initially tempts us, oh, man, does it sound good. And guess what? Initially it is. Sin is pleasurable for a season. But then when he asks, Satan asks, okay, time to pay up, then you wind up losing everything, and you're dwelling in a cave. Amazing little verse there. He and his two daughters dwelt in a cave. Things will get worse. 
Verse 31, Now the firstborn said of the younger, Our father is old, and there is no man on the earth to come in to us, speaking of sex, as is the custom of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him, and we may, that we may preserve our lineage of our fathers. So they made their father drink wine that night, and the firstborn went in and lay with her father, and he did not know uh, when she lay down or when she arose. It happened on the next day that the firstborn said to the younger, Indeed, I lay with my father last night. Let us make him drink wine tonight also, and you go in and lie with him that we may preserve the lineage of our fathers. Again, once you are in a community where that crosses the lines of, of nature, gets into crimes against nature, then anything, other behavior starts becoming... Um, other behavior starts becoming, you know, they, 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 they start being willing to engage in all kinds of other uh, behavior, sort of free game. Verse 35, then they, they, then they made their father drink wine that night also, and the younger arose and lay with him, and he did not know uh, when she lay down or when she arose. Thus both the daughters of Lot were with child by their father, the firstborn bore a son and called his name Moab. He is the father of the Moabites to this day. And the younger she also um, bore a son and called his name Ben-Ami. And he is the father of the people of Ammon to this day. So as we go through the Old Testament and we learn about the Moabites, the Moabites became just a thorn in Israel's side throughout their history. They drew them at one point into sexual sin and there was a great judgment against Israel. Uh, but not, not only sexual sin, just all kinds of other bad behavior. They drew the, the kingdom of Israel and the Ammonites as well. The Ammonites uh, worshipped the god of Molech who, in, in, in order to satisfy the god of Molech, you had to offer your own children, child sacrifice. And, and the Israelites as well became affected by that sin. And so, wow. The consequences of sin. What a terrible ending to the story about Lot and a warning to our own hearts. Verse, uh, chapter 20, Then Abraham uh, journeyed from there to the south, and he dwelt between Kadesh and Shur, and stayed in Gerar. Now, this whole thing um, had to have been strike fear in Abraham. Abraham's faith developed. Abraham is the father of faith. In chapter 22, you see the climax of how his faith was had been developed and what a w wonderful man of God, man of faith he had become, but he didn't get there overnight, and he's about to go back, and his faith is, is wobbling here, and I tell you, it's a story of all of our lives. It takes time for our faith to develop, our walk for the Lord to develop. We don't get there overnight. But back in chapter 19, it says when Abraham, early in the morning, he says he looked towards Sodom and Gomorrah and, and, and saw the judgment, the smoke of the land going up. Apparently, fear was struck into his heart. 
because he goes south again, just like he had done previously in the previous chapter where he went to Egypt. He doesn't get all the way to Egypt, but actually, to mix things up, I have a map for you. I have a map afraid. And so listen, um, well, verse 9 says, and then Ab- um, Abimelech called Abraham. When God, when the Holy Spirit convicts you of something that is clearly sin, you need to go do it as soon as possible. And, you know, if it's four in the morning, get up and start getting yourself ready and dart out the door as soon as, you're, as, soon as possible and make things right. And that's what this man does here. God had warned him. So we get, we're actually getting a, a lesson here from an unbeliever. He's a pagan man. He's not a worshiper of God. And Abimelech called to Abraham and said, What have you done to us? How have I offended you that you have brought on me and on my kingdom this great sin? You have done deeds to me that ought not to be done. Then Abimelech said to Abraham, what did you have in view that you have done this thing? And Abraham said, verse 11, because I thought, surely the fear of God is not in this place and they will kill me on account of my wife. Just a little lesson here, guys. It's better to just let yourself be killed than lie and give over your wife. But anyway, I hope you got that and I didn't have to say that. But uh, anyway. Verse 12, but indeed she truly is my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. And she's a cousin. And it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house, blaming God here, that I said to her, this is your kindness that you should do for me in every place wherever we go, say of me, is my brother. So, Abraham, to his credit, is stepping up to the plate and taking the blame for the whole incident. In other words, he's protecting his wife at this point. Then Abimelech took sheep, oxen, male and female servants, and gave them to Abraham, and he restored Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, See, my land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. Then to Sarah, he said, so Abimelech's talking to Sarah now, Behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. Your brother. I've given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. Indeed, this vindicates you before all who are with you and before everybody. Thus she was rebuked. So Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his female servants. Then they they bore children. Because apparently this is like some season of time, because it says in verse 18, the Lord had closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah. Abraham's wife. So, we have to be in the Word, no matter how many years you have walked with the Lord. You have to be in the Word. And when I say that, I mean not just opening up your Bible, but crying out to the Lord every day. Because we were born in sin. We were born with inclination to sin. And in some areas, we're just weak. Abraham had a weakness. And and his weakness was when he became fearful, he lied. He would just lie. 
and he was, he was willing to even put his wife um, at risk. And how important it is for us to understand that um, our heart needs to be nurtured every day. Just talking today with someone after the service who's, who's so discouraged because he's seen people in his life that were older than him in the Lord fall away. Don't think because you have so many years walking with God that you are not susceptible to going back to the same place where God saved you from. God saved Abraham from the Pharaoh in Egypt a few chapters before. What is it, 15 or 20 years before, whenever it was. But he's back here again, and, 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 and look, I, I do find it... Um, I do find it really interesting here that God, when he's speaking to Abimelech, tells Abimelech that this man is a prophet. He's saying this man is a prophet. In other words, he's still claiming him. Verse 7, he says, this guy's a prophet, and you have this prophet's wife. Isn't it amazing how God still claims us, fully claims us? And what are the consequences to Abraham here? It doesn't look like a lot. Actually, it is. He had disgraced the name of the Lord. The Bible says in Isaiah 43, I've been quoting Isaiah 43 a lot recently, it's a great chapter to study on what the purpose is of your life. And it just lists out the purposes throughout the chapter. You kind of have to dig and draw them out. But one of the purposes of your life, it says in Isaiah um, 43, it says, God, everyone I created for my, uh, um, everyone who I created by, um, for my name, to live by my name, I created to be a witness for me. He destroys his witness here. And he's going to have to live with us. Just as David, after David sinned with Bathsheba, the prophet Nathan said to him, you know, because you've done this, many nations, many peoples will blaspheme my name because of you. I mean, that's an awful thing to have to carry to your death, to your grave. Abraham does. As they carry this to his grave. By the same token, here, the grace of God. Look at chapter 21, verse 1. We're just going to read one verse. And the Lord visited Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah, as he had spoken. So nothing Abraham does here can turn aside God's incredible promises. And for you this year, just as we began this morning, you may have certain areas of your life in 2015 where you you developed a record that you don't like, guess what? You have a clean sheet and the promises of God still apply to you. We spend the last 15 minutes on uh, Sunday evening praying together. And uh, um, if, you, if, you're, if you want to leave now, you're welcome to do so. The usher has a parking token in the back. 